Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Thanks for being with us today. My name is Bob Fuller, and I'm the senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, coming to you on day two of our stay home, work safe orders here in San Antonio. This podcast is all about courage for daily living in the midst of the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis of 2020. And here we are. We are in day two of our stay home, work safe orders learning what it means to be at home, to work from home, to play at home, and just to reconnect with our families. Let's talk about the purpose for this podcast for a second. The Bible tells us to fear not, to have courage, or be not afraid in one way or another 365 times. And we're going to explore as many of those passages as we can during this crisis. First, an update. This past Tuesday, we launched a new initiative here at the church called Have a Need, Fill a Need. It's a ministry based on direct contact with the congregation through this COVID-19 crisis. But it's also based on connecting the needs of the body of Christ with the resources of the body of Christ. And the goal is to help meet some of the basic needs of the congregation, focusing on those who are at the most risk. In this crisis, but of course, it is open to everyone. Have a need, fill a need. We'll be matching volunteers from our church who've expressed a need for assistance with something like grocery shopping or delivery or medicine pickup and delivery or prayer requests. Anyone who's expressed those kinds of needs will be paired up with people who can help fill those needs. The program is set up so that the church can provide the technical support to help people, to help covenant partners connect online with programs at FPC and help others to find ways to stay connected. But the idea is that it not be a totally centralized ministry, but that we learn to help one another, that we empower one another, and that we stay connected throughout this crisis. I really want to thank Scott Simpson and Joe Moore and Wendy Garcia and their whole team for getting this ministry together. This is going to be a game changer for us because this is going to be an important ministry for the church well beyond this crisis. Have a need, fill a need. You can get connected with this new initiative by going to fpcsanantonio.org backslash fill a need and look up the information there. And there you'll be connected to the forms you need, the signups you need, and information you need. Lastly, please feel free to pass that information along during your conversations, emails you send, any of those opportunities that you have to talk to and empower other people. You can also call the church office at 210-226-0215 to request more assistance. If you can help fill a need, either in grocery shopping or making deliveries or calling someone to check in or pray with them, we need you to do that as well. You can sign up by again going to fpcsanantonio.org backslash fill a need or by calling Wendy Garcia at 
218-718-7202. You know, we might ask the question, is there a cure for loneliness and needs? Yes, there is. In 1 John 4.11, John writes, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, and I just want to see our congregation and our community loving one another so deeply that fear cannot find a place in our hearts. So let's get to our no fear word of the day. Our passage today is Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Many of us have become experts in worry over the last few weeks. How is the coronavirus spreading? Will we go into quarantine? Will the schools close? Will they ever come back into session? Will I have to shut down my business? Will I have a job? How will I get my kids home? Will groceries and medicine be available if I need them? You know the list. I don't have to fill in this list for you. But I want us to think about this question. What is worry? In clinical terms, worry is nervousness or agitation, often about something that's going to happen. And you've all heard about the word anxiety, which is the medical or mental health term used to describe the situation when that worry takes control. But recently, my mother introduced me to a new word. You may have heard it before. The word is awfulizing. Now, it's a funny word, but awfulizing is a term coined by psychologist Albert Ellis. It refers to an irrational, dramatic thought pattern characterized by the tendency to overestimate the potential seriousness or negative consequences of events, situations, or perceived threats. This is one of those words that describes something that all of us have done. It means thinking any circumstance through to its worst case scenario. Someone is late coming home or calling home, and we awfulize that they are in a fatal car crash. You don't hear from your boyfriend or girlfriend in a few days, and you awfulize that they want to break up. Someone coughs, and we awfulize that they have the coronavirus. Awfulizing is when your mind goes to the worst-case scenario. Now, when we worry, 
We chew over thoughts about bad things happening to us and other, and other people. We awfulize about the future, assuming tragic consequences for every decision. We awfulize about people, thinking the worst of people without knowing the whole story. Our fears create fictions, and we begin to think of those fictions as prophecies. Worry distorts our reality and takes us to the darker side of life, increasing stress, leading to anxiety, depression, and anger. It impairs thinking, it impairs motivation, concentration, memory, and problem solving, and can drive people away who could otherwise support us. Now, I don't want to trivialize anxiety. Anxiety is a serious mental and physical health issue. And as a church, we embrace the value of counseling as well as the learning and compassion of godly mental health professionals. But Jesus understood that anxiety is not just a mental and physical health issue. It's also an issue of our spiritual health. Listen again. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Jesus is not saying that we can just turn worry on and off like a light switch. He wants to give us some steps to deal with the spiritual tyranny of worry itself. He wants to give us some perspective. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, last year I assisted my friend Rob Shelton in the wedding of his daughter, Erica. And one of the things that I learned from Rob, who is also an ordained minister, is something very important that he said to the wedding party. Rob told the wedding party this. He said, a lot of things are going to happen in this wedding, big things and little things. And so it's important that we remember to keep the big things big and the little things little. To use a wedding as an example, Jesus is saying, Why are you obsessing about the bridesmaids' dresses and the flowers and the little sandwiches? Marriage is about so much more than this. It's about making sublime spiritual vows of commitment to one another and to God. It's not a pageant or a spectacle. It's an act of worship. I've seen a lot of things go haywire around a wedding because people got freaked out about the little things. We have to keep the big things big and the little things little. There is far more to life. There's far more to your eternity and God's plans than the food you put in your stomach or the clothes you hang on your body. In the world as it is, these little things matter way too much. But in the kingdom of God, God's vision for us and our vision of Him puts these things in the right perspective. No matter how big our problems look, God is still bigger. When we worry, we start to look at the world through the lens of our worst fears, and we can form our lives to deal with those fears. Jesus' answer to worry is to set your eyes on God's plan and purpose for your life and then align your life to that vision. Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When fear grabs our attention and begins to distort reality, we need to replace that false god of fear with the real God. We need God's vision to shape our reality. When all you see is trouble, seek His kingdom. Get that vision. 
the vision of God's sovereign grace, his genuine, overwhelming love, and his unstoppable power. Worry is an idol because it distracts us from God. Whether we are obsessed with something superficial like clothes and food at a wedding, or we are worried by something super important like the health and welfare of you and your family. Worry is a spiritual issue because it competes with God by keeping our attention focused on something else. If you are only reading the newspaper or looking at the internet or getting all of your information and perspective from cable news channels, no wonder you're worried. So Jesus challenges us to replace the false vision of worry with the real vision of God's kingdom. Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. We have to subdue our worry by meditation on God's truth. When we meditate on God's word, we start to look at the world, we start to see the world through the lens of God's love and truth and power, and we'll begin to conform our lives to that vision instead of the vision presented by the media of worry, of brokenness, and competition. But people tell me all the time, I don't know how to meditate. Well, guess what? Meditation is just intentional, focused thinking. And if you know how to worry, you already know how to meditate. You just need to start taking God's promises seriously and start thinking about them instead of surrendering your mind and heart to life's threats. Study God's word and get God's promises in front of your eyes instead of all that other stuff. Listen to me now for a second. The kingdom of God is about faith. It's about trust. Worry takes over when our vision of life as it is gets bigger than our vision of the kingdom of God and the world that he has set before us. Worry sets in when our fear overwhelms our love of God and our love for one another. The gospel is the promise that God knows what you want and what you really need and that you can have confidence in his way because he has proven his love for us by his death on the cross and he's proven his power to make a difference in our lives and fulfill his promises by his resurrection from the dead on Easter morning. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the proof that God loves us and that he has the power to keep the promises that he has made. He will fulfill those promises, not just to everybody else, not just to me, but even for the people that I love. Thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout this COVID-19 crisis at fbcsanantonio.org or the FPC app. Until next time, I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.